welcome to another episode of Hantai Hafu. This is Rachel. Hey. And on this episode, we're going to talk about gatekeeping. Yay. <laughs> and um, just a quick recap, because I want to make sure I understood gatekeeping in the context that we're going to talk about today. So... It's in reference to just like gatekeeping culture. Um, There's a good definition here. Controlling access to or limiting participation in a particular group, community, or culture. And uh, that was the first result that came up when I searched it on Bing. So we will go with that. So, Ray, um, what would you like to talk about in regards to gatekeeping? Well, I guess uh, one thing we should probably start off with is we are both like half Japanese, half American. Obviously, we are sisters and uh, we both do not look Asian at all. Like in real life, maybe I've heard that like our photos, we might look a bit Asian, but in real life, no one would ever think that we're Asian. With half Sometimes people think we're Hispanic depending on where we at, where we're at when they look at us. And um, that, I guess, for us, we've a lot of experience gatekeeping from us in general. But also, uh, we've experienced gatekeeping from so many parts. And actually, to be honest, most of it's not even from, uh, like, the other one. For example, <laughs> for example, we don't really get a lot of gatekeeping from other Japanese people in my experience, but I feel like we get a lot of gatekeeping from other uh, foreigners. And when I say foreigners, I'm going to say like people who traditionally like Japanese culture, like people who are not so interested about Japanese culture, they just leave us alone. And I'm, I'm, I'm very, very happy about that. But uh, besides that, I, yeah, I had a conversation about this this weekend about how like you would be technically going through a questionnaire, like a unannounced questionnaire. And basically, the first question would always be, do you look Asian enough to me? It's always no. And I feel like that was already 50% of the, the the test. And if you didn't get yes for every single other question, then you're already out. You're already failed. Yeah, you do bring up a good point there. Because I don't feel like I ever got gatekeeped from Japanese people. It's just... Um, I guess maybe the the biggest gatekeeping is people, I don't know if it would be, just like the way we look. And that kind of would automatically exclude us from a certain kind of treatment or inclusion. Yeah, I definitely think, sorry. uh, A lot of Japanese people, when I do tell them I'm half Japanese, sometimes it's just kind of like, I I didn't know that. You totally don't look Asian. But they repeat it over and over. I'm like... I know. I know. You you don't have to tell me. I know. I don't look um, Asian. Thank you very much. But sometimes I'll get the reaction like, yeah, you do. But it never like they never stop. It never like stopped me from participating and being like doing other things. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of Japanese people are really open to sharing their culture. But maybe that's also them just feeling like having a lot of um, pride in their culture and being happy that someone else is interested in. They don't care if you're Japanese or something else. They just want to share the great Japanese experience. (laughs) Of course. And, you know, the more I think about it, I kind of think about 
myself as a gatekeeper because I have been accused by internet strangers of gatekeeping Japanese culture or being accused of it. And I think maybe it's just like something I really need to, to really reflect on because I brought this up with you before with like experiences I wish I had as someone that has Japanese heritage. And I see people that don't have any, and they have it like, you know, a American couple going to Japan to teach, and then they have a Japanese wedding. And I'm, I think in my head, like, well, how did they get it and not me? And then I don't think about, well, you know, maybe it's because they built relationships while they were over there and they had friends that want to participate in a happy time. And that's why. And it really isn't like I don't have a special key just because half of my DNA is Japanese to unlock these experiences. Yeah, definitely. And <laughs> yeah. And I have to remind myself that because I feel like some bitterness with not like in Japan, don't they have like boys and girls day? And when we were very young, we wore um, kimonos. Was that just for like a family photo? No, uh, you wear the kimono and you go to the shrine and you do stuff there. But um, yeah, it's, I feel like you're going on two different subjects, but yeah, I feel like there is like this, um, this feeling of envy is what really I think drives gatekeeping. Cause like if you didn't have any envy, then you wouldn't really care. You're like, yeah, go ahead, do it, you know? And um, I feel like um, that's that's a really good point is whenever you do feel like you're not included or you feel like, well, why did, don't I get that? It's um, a point of envy when you start gatekeeping. For example, us looking um, white and being Asian, I feel like a lot of weird envy happens like that or... I don't know if this would count as gatekeeping, but I have gotten like people really angry at me for no reason. For example, uh, I was at an international party and I, I, I was like, yeah, I got a job without taking JLPT, but it, it's a non-English speaking job, you know, like a non-English teaching job. And um, quite literally, as soon as I said that the guy just like, I was like, like kind of gave this whole like, thing and I was able to get the job because I could speak Japanese and why could I speak Japanese because I um you know I'm my, my family's Japanese I had like a lot of experience being able to speak it growing up but uh that's another thing language that's I feel like this episode could go on and on because we can talk about so many different stories about like language looks opportunities a lot of different celebrations but um Going back to the first story you were talking about, the wedding, to be honest, you can have a wedding in any culture as long as you have enough money. <laughs> I think. <laughs> you know? Yeah. That's true. And, you know, now that at first, you know, I was mad and had a lot of ugly feelings about it, but um, I had time to really process what it was. And I think it's just kind of sadness that. I didn't get to participate in my own culture in the way that other people have, and they're not even part of it. And, you know, it's not a slice of pie where if they take a piece, that means I don't get a share because they took it. It's not like that at all. I don't know if it's going to be in the same length of where, you know, with anime being more popular, 
that Japanese culture is more accessible now because of the internet too. Like, does that make it less special? I don't think it makes it less special. It's like American culture all over the world, but no one can actually say they they are American. And like, even if like you find American things abroad, it's not always going to be the same. Like, for example, Taco Bell in Japan doesn't have all the menu uh, items that Taco Bell in, in uh, America has. And um, it doesn't take away from it whatsoever. I just feel like a lot of people enjoy it. And then I guess we have a lot more bonds to share and like bond with. And I think what's happening with me and you is uh, when we were growing up, a lot of people was kind of like telling us no and no. And now like we've grown up and it's become more popular. Like I feel like every single year it's even more popular. Everyone's like, yes, yes. And it's like, and then we kind of have this feeling. It's like, well, why were we excluded? You know, it's like, why? And also growing up, uh, you've seen a lot of other Asian creators saying like growing up and my food was weird, but now everyone's eating it and profiting off of it. Why? And, um, yeah, I, I feel the same way. It's like growing up, a lot of random things I was eating, um, was considered weird. And now everyone's like loving it, even in high school, which was, I think 2011, my senior year, um, I brought kimchi and uh, still I got like these weird faces. And to be honest, that I was already the K-pop like wave was already happening. It was already going, you know. So, um, but also it this could just be something fake that we're feeling. You know, now we're in this age of media, so everything we're watching is like tailored to us. So we feel like everyone else is watching this, but it could just only be us. You know, who knows. Yeah, and here's another thing. Now that um, it's more acceptable now, it's like when we, when I try to tell people that growing up, I got made fun of and I felt ostracized because of being part Japanese, it's like people don't believe me or they diminish the bad times I had or like, oh, it wasn't really that bad. Um, I went to a local music show, I think a year ago, and I was trying to explain to this person who was around the same age as me that went to a school like near where we went to that like, Hey, like I had some trouble growing up with being part Japanese and people did the stupid, like I thing and the ching chong, whatever. And like, you know, it wasn't like I went home and cried about it, but like, you know, why are you doing that? It was annoying. And people pointed out stuff like that. And I remember one time some kid came up to me and was like, Hey, did someone spray paint go back to your home country on your house? And I'm like, no, where did you hear that from? And like, you know, people don't understand when they're part of the majority ethnic cultural group that if you're a minority sometimes people point that out and it was just really weird that he was trying to tell me that actually didn't happen like he was um invalidating my lived experience yeah i definitely think that's really difficult uh especially since growing in appalachia we did not grow up with our mom in appalachia with us so basically any type of experiences were happening only happening to us and I guess our parental, you know, our father and our, you know, parental, like, uh, grandparents and stuff like that, um, they weren't experiencing it. They weren't seeing it. So there wasn't really anyone to talk to about it because we were the only Asians in our family living there. So it's just kind of like we were trying to soothe ourselves or try to figure it out all by ourselves. Um, not it's, it's not like something we had to see happen to our parents and see how they dealt with it because it didn't happen to them. They weren't dealing with it.
Yeah, and I think maybe that bitterness of me gatekeeping as I got older was like, now all of a sudden it was cool. And, you know, I had people telling me, hey, you know, it wasn't that bad. You weren't bullied. These things didn't happen. And all of a sudden people are copying that. And it's cool. And like, you know, it's like, wow, it's kind of like, you know, how comic books and like more nerdy things used to be more on the outside. And now they're mainstream. And now like Japanese culture is more mainstream and anime is too. Now, you know, given I was a weird kid, I remember I pretend that I could blow up the hillside because I can Kamehameha because I watched Dragon Ball Z like every day when I got home from school. Yeah, that was a little weird. So sometimes I don't know if it overlaps for me just being weird or if it was just like my background in general. It's hard to tell sometimes that too. Yeah. But it also I, I think that kind of contributes to our like handmade media platters. So you never know. We might still be weird. We just don't know because we're not in school anymore. And we're just watching our media on our phones that are already catered to us. So we could still be the weird ones. We just don't know about it. Um, but uh, yeah, let's get back to the topic to uh, gatekeep. So Rachel, you said that you gatekept at some point. Could you give me an example of what you're talking about? Because I, I don't know what you're talking about. Okay. So this is a trend that I've noticed myself doing and that I have seen online. Where um, we go to a ramen shop. And, you know, it is not an authentic Japanese ramen shop. You know, like when we went to New York City, like that guy was Hispanic that was making our ramen, right? Oh, yeah. But yeah, it was yeah. still good. Oh, yeah. But um, I feel like in the past, I would judge very harshly being like, oh, this isn't real Japanese food. And I think that is the definition of the cultural gatekeeping of today's time. It's like, well, this isn't real Japanese food because of this or because of that. Like, where is the pickled ginger? Where is the wasabi? Like, um, oh, that's gatekeeping. so I feel like I do that. Huh? I don't think that's gatekeeping. That's quite literally saying that the food is not authentic. If someone's mad that you're saying that the food's not, the food's not authentic and it's really not authentic. They can't really say anything about that. That's, that's just people being upset. They don't have the real stuff. Like, we go to a Mexican restaurant. We're not eating something authentic. No one's going to say you're gatekeeping because you're saying it's not real. It's not real. It's not real. That's that's it. Okay. I was just like, what are you talking about? Okay. Whoever said that's gatekeeping? Well, sounds like they're just like angry someone told them that the quote unquote best ramen they ever had is, is not the shop there because it's actually like not real because, but uh, I guess another thing you could say is talking about sushi because there's like, there's like um, California roll and stuff like that. It's its own thing, and we should respect it. Like, it's not yes. sushi whatsoever. You can't say it. It's not Japanese sushi. It is American sushi, and, you know, it's in the own category. I respect it. It's good, but it's not authentic, and that's not gatekeeping saying it's not authentic because it's not. That's it. I think, though, that even though we are right, that is still, like, textbook gatekeeping, because we're we are deciding what is Japanese and what is not. No, by no. saying like, oh well, that's not what gatekeeping is. It's it's telling people they can't do something. We're not telling people they can't do it. You can eat it. You can have it. You can make it. You can do whatever you want. But for me, my judgment, I'm, my judgment is that's not real, and you can't control me. If someone tells you that because you said that this is not real. 
I'm gatekeeping. No, I'm not because I'm not stopping you from saying it's real Japanese things. I'm not stopping you from making it. I'm not stopping anyone from doing anything. It's my judgment. And that just sounds like you're upset that I said it's not real. Yeah, that makes sense. Here's another, like, I think, hot button topic when it comes to gatekeeping with Japanese culture. What do you think of, like, clothing companies that call things kimonos that are not? They're not. Like, they can do what they want. But if you want to ask me what I think, they're not. And I wish they wouldn't. Actually, in a way, it's 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 gone to a different word. I think it's kind of like appropriation, appropriation, appropriation. How, how do you say the word? Appropriation. Appropriation. Yeah. yeah, it's in a way for me, it's 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 past gatekeeping. It's actually them saying something is this and you're just like, goodness gracious, that's not the same thing. And they're like they're they're saying like this uh, silhouette is technically a kimono. And I'm like, OK, I guess in fashion terms, it's a kimono. But it, it, then people try to like mix it up. But to be honest, kimono just means the thing that you wear. And it's, it's, it's in the. Japanese, of course, just like we use the word sombrero means hat, but when we say sombrero in English, it means this type of hat. So I don't understand. Um, yeah. So I can understand that they're saying it's like a kimono silhouette. That's fine. But for me, when I see something, they say it's kimono. It's not a real kimono. Not even, And there's so many different types of kimonos. And um, there's a lot of things that have like a kimono silhouette, but it's not a kimono. It's actually t- t- technically something else. It's um for me it's kind of lazy, and I guess it's just marketing. They're just trying to sell stuff, but uh my my I guess my say what I feel about it is it's not what it is. You can say what it is, but I just feel like it's a bit lazy to just go ahead and be like it's the straight silhouette with these random arm things. Okay. You know what this reminds me of, and I know that this is gonna. This was upsetting for you back then, and I wonder if it's upsetting for you now. Are you ready? Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember back in your your Facebook days that one girl, and I think she said something. Didn't she wear something and say something about looking like a geisha? What was oh, that thing that really set you off? She uh, she was a geisha for Halloween. <laughs> Tell me about that. I don't remember it, to be honest. I probably I remember it. Like, it was just like, to be honest, I cannot tell you anything verbatim for words or whatever. But, like, I was just like, oh, you shouldn't do that. And she's like, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And then I guess it just made me really angry. I was just like, it's it's not a costume. Geisha's not a costume. It's quite literally a profession. I mean, in America, I guess anything goes for Halloween. But at that time, I guess I was really in that era. But now I'm just like, I guess right now I don't care so much. I think that quitting Facebook was really good for your mental health with the amount of like people with their misinformation. Yeah. But in that in that sense, I guess that's not gatekeeping. That's more of like calling someone out on their cultural appropriation. It's like, yeah, maybe, yeah. I mean, at least it's not as bad as just like uh like what just like a Mexican or something. Where there's just like, Yeah, my my costume is just a random Mexican guy and it's like this like mustache and like sombrero and a poncho and you're just like, Oh ho <laughs> Um Yeah, but um I'm a geisha and it'd be like something like a random silk quote unquote kimono. Um actually that 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 just reminds me of another thing. 
even in Japan, you will be sold fake kimonos because they, they sell like those stock bulk, like quote unquote kimonos, like where people sleep in, in the actual tourist shops. And I was just like, oh, oh my, I was like, oh my God. Yeah. And um, I was like, someone's going to go to Japan and buy a fake kimono and say it's a kimono and like wear it around as their sleepwear, or their sexy sleepwear and be like, this is totally Japanese and they bought it in Japan. So it's authentic. But I'm like, I feel so bad because that's technically not the tourist problem. It's actually the Japanese like souvenir shops problem that they's like, yeah, let's sell this non-addicted stuff and just be like, it's this. Sorry. It's like I have a feeling this happens in other countries too. Oh really? <laughs> it's I mean it's just just trying to sell merchandise. You know they, they don't. Yeah. They don't. <laughs> Also, here is another thing I wanted to bring up because I feel like the kimono category is such a heavy topic when it comes to cultural gatekeeping. Okay, so how do you feel about when a uh, foreigner goes to a Matsuriya festival? I mean, I think it's cool when they appropriately wear a kimono, and I think that uh, Japanese people are generally okay with it. But what if they add something like cat ears to it and fulfill their anime fantasy of being in the uh, Matsuri episode. Oh, I don't know. I and, like the new new age kimonos that are out there, like short ones and lolita ones and like lace and frills. And I think that's really cool that a lot of um, people like it. But I feel like there's a time and place and just going to like a regular Matsuri, yeah, you can wear like a really cute kimono and wear like a new age kimono, but cat ears, that's a thing. I think mm, that's bordering on something, I feel. But even at Matsuri, you can buy masks and wear the mask at Matsuri. That's totally in the line. And I'm pretty sure if you did wear cat ears, you'll get some looks, but it's not that bad. But, uh... I, I guess I just don't understand. <laughs> That's my feeling. It's like, I don't understand because what, what are they doing? They're, they're going to the festival wearing kimono. That's fine. But they're wearing cat ears. What's the cat ears for? Well, like just dressing up extra. I mean, I guess I kind of have to check in with my own bias here because I feel like if it was like a native Japanese person doing it, okay but like maybe i'm just thinking about the the cringe and i need to kind of like be like okay let people enjoy things and that's something that i'm working on i think it's a personal problem for me oh uh, yeah well i think to be honest yeah it will be a bit cringe but um what i actually saw recently is when you know it was like new year's like a month ago and whenever i was in Asosa waiting for the countdown um like basically people were putting up their phones for the countdown for fireworks but that's just not a thing in japan most places there are some places that do it and i was like well we'll know we know who the the foreigners are all the ones trying to videotape a firework show that's not happening <laughs> when it turns uh, 12 o'clock um but uh that's not the story the story is yeah whenever i was there a lot of people was buying the the mask there's like kitsune mask and wearing it on the side, and I was just like, oh, but there was actually, I didn't see any matsuri at all, and it was just like a touristy thing they were selling, and I was just like, 
I don't know what to tell you. I feel like Japan's going to sell what they want to sell. And、um, it's going to be a lot of misinformation. I guess you can do what you want to do, but don't expect other people to be doing the same thing. Don't expect other people to compliment you or、uh, be on the same vibe. Like, I told you this story before, right? That girl,、um, whenever I was doing an、uh, exchange in Japan, and she expected to find people who like this strange, like, boys love anime that she loved, but she was only able to find one person and all the people she asked, but she was upset every time someone said no. You know what? That's just like that one anime about you know, the skeleton selling books, and it shows like,、um, a foreigner coming up and asking specifically about boys' love manga. I'm like, wow, that must be a trope.、Uh, I think it happens a lot. I think, I think、uh, people overestimate how popular it is and expect more people to actually know what it is, and they don't. Like, quite literally, our mom is Japanese and she is our Japanese bloodline, and she dislikes anime. She dislikes like, manga to a point that it's like if、uh, they were asking her the same questions they were asking us, she would also fail. <laughs> yeah, now they just know you're a freak. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh man, but well, as a Hafu person that、um, doesn't present immediately as Japanese, have you ever been prevented from doing something because you weren't Japanese enough? Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Like, there w a s a lot of things.、Um, for example, I went to the hospital, and my legal name in Japan is、uh, Japanese, and they called my name, and I went in. Or when they called my name and they told me to get out because it wasn't me. And then I had to wait outside the door for like 10 minutes and no one else came because obviously it's, it's my name. There was no other person to be coming in. And then they just kind of like quietly came, like, oh, come in. I was like, you quite literally was mean to me and said to get out. Like, oh, no, no, not you. Bye bye. And then it's like, I was like, I feel like I should have, someone should have apologized to me. <laughs> like, quite literally.、Um, or,、um, they should have. Should have, yeah.、Uh, <laughs> me and my friend, we we're going to this,、um, uh, it's like Iseki, where basically girls go and they get sat with guys and they kind of like kind of like speed dating in a way, but the girls, it's for free and guys have to pay for like the food and stuff like that and all the time that they're there. And、um, the lady took one look at us and she's just like, actually, I don't think it's a good idea for you guys to be here. Maybe you won't get a lot of matches. Maybe she just go. And, she, and I was just like, no, it'll be fine. Right. And she's just kind of like, she's like, no. And I was just like, okay, well, you know what? The vibe is she didn't think we could do it. She left. That just reminds me of that YouTuber, not YouTuber. I think she's like, a, she might be a YouTuber. I don't know. I only see her on Instagram. But I have I talked about that before? That girl. Yeah, you talked like, about the, the last episode that was like, oh, I got in, but then didn't realize it wasn't accessible for everyone. And she just got lucky. Yeah, she got lucky. She's a Japanese person that talked for her. She looks Asian. No, I, um, yeah, looking Asian gets through a lot of things. Like the last episode, I talked about like looking Asian, a lot of Japanese people will assume that you might know Japanese.、Uh, and I'm just like, yeah, it's, it's a lot to think about.、Um, I mean, <laughs> I guess there's a lot of things. There's a lot of discrimination towards、uh, Chinese people in Japan, but as a whole, I feel like. Uh, if chi- Chinese people didn't really speak that much, like,、um, like foreigner people that look white, I don't know. I feel like a lot of times you get taken advantage of because 
uh, you look white so people don't take pictures with you or you look white and they kind of expect you to spend like a lot of money when you're there and um obviously we talked there's i don't know if we talked about but this a lot of people talk about the prices the menu and the prices are different from some places but i think those are only shady places i've that's never happened to me like because sometimes we will ask for the japanese menu and the english menu because i like to do both because english one maybe it's hard for the other people i'm with but the japanese menu um it'll have the full the full service because some things will be left out of the english menu oh. because yeah especially for like seasonal items because the english menu is just like the main items and if you want to see all the seasonal stuff you should ask for the japanese one to see you know, it was really validating when I was stationed in Okinawa and I went off base and I went to this restaurant and they handed me the Japanese menu. I think I almost cried because it was just like they were affirming that I was Japanese and I was like, yes, I don't know. That made me really happy. I mean, it could just be their their mind thoughts. Like uh, when I used to work at Skia, I would just give everyone the Japanese one unless I knew um I already had them before and they asked for the English one because I guess you should just give them the the normal service. Actually, that's one thing I don't like about Japanese service is if they think that you don't speak Japanese, they go out of their way to try to accommodate you, but you never ask for these accommodations. You should wait. <laughs> you should wait. <laughs> well, I think that the world is going to be a better place just because um, we're getting more globalized, and I think that the distinctions between foreigner and local and whatever will kind of, like, fade more and more, especially in, like, the big places like Tokyo. Um, so that's probably a good thing. And I kind of feel like I think part of my bitterness when it comes to gatekeeping is like you said, I feel like I've been gatekeeped more by people that have no Japanese heritage than actual Japanese people telling me what is Japanese and what isn't. Yeah. And then I don't, that makes me very angry because it's like, well, not only are you not even part of this group that, you know, would make sense to gatekeep, like, and then you're kind of like telling me what my experiences should be when you don't have any part of it. Yeah, I mean, uh, all I can say is these people are probably not even thinking that much when they're doing that whatsoever. They're probably just feeling like um, mm, they just want to be number one. They want to be included, and it's like a competition, and um, feel like we're getting away in their competition because we do look white, so people feel like we're all they're also in – a competition with us but uh, it's like we never entered this race i never asked to be in this competition but with a lot of anime fans and being american it's kind of like who's more interested i'm like well the thing is i'm not interested in the first place i just said out you found out i was asian or i said i was asian that was it um i did not mean to uh, enter some random race some yeah and <laughs> I gotta say, I need to stop being a bitter old bitch, you know, I need to um, let go and, you know, I I was real proud of myself that my first thought wasn't, you know, these kids on this plane when I went to go visit you, 
this past year, I was like happy for them and I was happy for me because we're like, woohoo, we're in Japan. And, you know, they were so happy and then I was happy. And I'm like, you know what? I would rather be like this and be celebrating with them than be bitter in the background and wanting to hog this for myself. Because, like, this isn't something where if they find joy in it, that it's going to take away the joy from me. And that is something that I need to learn as a person. So we will catch y'all on the next episode of Hantai Hafu. This was Rachel. All right. See y'all next time. Bye-bye.